Lord God, we do thank you for the gospel that we have, the gospel that we have uh, received, the gospel on which we have taken our stand. And we do pray in these next moments as we look at these verses and we consider that first uh, Easter again, uh, that you would convince us once again of its truth and keep us in our faith. And we hope, pray that's in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, I wonder if you've got any Easter eggs this morning. Did anyone get any Easter eggs this morning? Yeah, a few people did. Well, don't worry if you didn't, because I've got a few Easter eggs here for, uh, for us, and I'm going to need a volunteer to help me. Oh, the courses were very quick. Harry, do you want to come out first? You were very quick off the mark. Uh, Harry, do you mind uh, taking this Easter egg, and I wonder if you can uh, bash it open for us with this mallet. There's something inside it. It's a bit like a giant kinder egg. There's something inside it, and I want to use these Easter eggs to help us understand what was going on that first Easter. So give it a bash and see how it goes. We won't do it on the communion table. So... Well, I wouldn't do it too hard if I were you. I think... There we go. Great stuff. Brilliant. Can you tell us what's inside it? A bit of paper. A bit of paper. Do you want to hold it up, see what it says inside? God's amazing plan. God's amazing plan. Thank you very much. You could, you're, you're welcome to take that Easter egg away with you and, and eat it. <laughs> That's why you don't want to bash it too hard. That's all right. That's the first thing about Easter. I want to draw out that, uh, that, uh, that passage for us. Easter was God's amazing plan. Uh, we had that first reading, didn't we, from, uh, from Luke's Gospel, Luke's account of the first Easter Sunday morning. And I don't know if you noticed, the, the women went to the tomb where they knew that Jesus had been buried. Uh, they got there and they found the stone rolled away and it was empty. And Luke tells us that they wondered what had happened. They were surprised. What had happened? Well, they might well have been surprised, of course. I guess you and I probably would have been surprised if we'd uh, been with them. But actually the angel told them they didn't need to be surprised because Jesus had told them that that was what was going to happen. Just as he'd said, uh, it had all happened. Uh, in that reading that uh, Colin just read for us uh, there, uh, Paul reminded the church in Corinth, didn't he, that the gospel news, the good news of Jesus risen that he passed on to them was according to the scriptures. Now Paul was talking about the Old Testament scriptures, of course. And it's telling us that Easter was all God's amazing plan. It wasn't a mistake. It didn't happen just by chance. It happened because God planned it from start to finish. It was always his intention that Jesus should come to earth, that he should be crucified on a cross, and three days later, he should rise again. Easter is God's amazing plan. We shouldn't be surprised that God's plans and purposes work, because he'd always planned it uh, to be that case. That's the first thing. Easter is God's plan. Right, second Easter egg. Somebody else who wants to have a go. I think this one's virtually already broken, I'm afraid, so... um, Yes, go on, Isabel, you have quick hands up. Great, let's give it a go. You can hit it with a mallet. I wouldn't hit it too hard if I were you. It's already quite um, broken, that one. What does this one tell us? Great. Can you get it out? What have we got there? Um, Grey paper. Grey paper. Unfold it and see what it is. It's a crown, isn't it? It's like a sort of party hat crown that you get. Do you want to put it on? There we go. Great stuff. What does this tell us? Well, this tells us that Easter is God's way of dealing with our biggest problem. Easter is God's way of dealing with our biggest problem. Now, this this is a a bit of a surprise to you. Maybe you can't kind of work out what's what's going on here. Uh, But the truth is, the Bible explains that actually all of us want to wear the crown in our lives, don't we? If you think about it, we all want to be the boss of our lives. And really, it's a crown that belongs uh, to Jesus, Uh, So Paul tells us, doesn't he, in that reading that we had uh, read for us, that what he passed on to the Corinthians was of first importance. And what was it in that reading that was of first importance? Well, it's this, 
It's the news that at Easter, Jesus died for our sins. You can see that, can't you, in the reading. And the Bible explains that sin is effectively what uh, we, we do here. It's what we want to try and wear the crown, or we want, uh, we want to sit on the throne. And it's the place that really only Jesus uh, should be sitting on. And we know that's true in our lives. We always say no to God, and we say yes to what we want to do instead. But the Bible tells us that the good news at the heart of Easter is that God has sorted this problem out. That even though we want to wear the crown, actually Jesus uh, died on the cross on Good Friday. He paid the price for our sin. And three days later, he rose again and defeated uh, death. Uh, Because death, of course, is the result of sin. Uh, Death is God's punishment for sin. It's to be separated from God forever and ever. But the good news of Easter is that God has dealt with it. A great story I I once heard told by an evangelist. He said that he was uh, out in his garden one summer's day, and his daughter cried because she was being chased by a bee. Uh, And he grabbed her and and hugged her very tightly, and the bee let the bee sting him. And he said to her, you don't need to worry, because bees only sting once. And it's the same with death. Because Jesus has taken the sting of death uh, for us, we don't need to feel it again. Uh, Later on in that that chapter from uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you very much as well. Do you want to take the rest of your Easter egg? There we go, thank you very much. We've got one more, third and finally. Let's, uh, who wants to do the third, third Easter egg? Bryony, you, uh, you, uh, you put your hand up first. Go on. Don't hit it too hard, otherwise it will go everywhere. You can, you can take it and eat it if you want, it's up to you. It's for me, oh, thank you very much, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you as well. There we go, go on Bryony, hit that one. Well done, Bryony. What do we got inside? Yep. Do you know what this is? Slightly confusing. It's a check. That's right. It's a check. Do you want to hold it up for everyone to see? Yep. It's a check. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Do you want to take take the Easter egg? Brilliant. Well, the check is a reminder that actually at the heart of Easter is a wonderful promise because actually that's what a check is really. A check is a promise. Uh, If I filled that check out properly. Uh, and put all the right details on it and gave it to you. It's a promise that if you took that to, to the bank and paid it in, that uh, assuming I had the money in my bank accounts, you would, um, you would get the money uh, that it says on the, uh, on the, on the cheque. And it's a reminder that the heart of Easter is a promise. And it's good news. And you can see it, can't you, in that reading that, to, um, that Colin read for us. And it's a better promise than any cheque could possibly be. And it's this promise, isn't it? Uh, Paul tells us, Uh, Verse 2, by this gospel, you are saved. By this gospel, uh, you are saved. What a promise for us this Easter. In fact, actually, as I was looking at this yesterday, I realised it's even better uh, than that. Because um, because the the translation really is, you are being saved in lots of ways. Have you ever heard heard of the story of the, um, the bishop who was on the train? And a Salvation Army girl said, didn't think that he was saved and insisted that, are you saved? And his response was, uh, he uh, said, do you mean uh, I have been saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved? And she was a bit confused, and he explained that the Bible talks about um, salvation in, in sort of three tenses, as it were. Uh, we have been saved uh, from the penalty of sin when Jesus died on the cross. Uh, we know that uh, when uh, Jesus returns, we don't need to fear the penalty for uh, sin. We don't need to fear its punishment. We are being saved from the power of sin. 
day by day, as Jesus works and inspires Holy Spirit, he's changing us to be more like him, so that sin loses its power and its grip on us. And one day we will be saved from the presence of sin in our hearts. Uh, John tells us, doesn't he, when uh, Jesus appears, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is, and we will be transformed uh, into the full likeness of Jesus. And Paul is saying that actually the good news of Easter is not just uh, good news for one day, it's good news for all of life. It deals with past, present and future. It's good news because it deals with our past, it deals with the things that we've done, the thoughts that we've said, the, wor- the thoughts that we've thought, the words that we've said that we're ashamed of. It deals with it. Uh, we, uh, the past is dealt with. But it's power to live for the present as well and for the future. Because God is at work in us by his spirit, changing us and transforming us to live uh, for him. It's past, present and future. You're being saved. But there's something else, isn't there? Uh, Just as if I gave you a cheque, you have to uh, cash it if you want to see any value to it. So Paul tells us here that there's something else. He says, by this gospel you are saved, verse 2, if you hold firmly to the words that I preach to you. And this is what I was uh, talking about a little bit, or hinting about, when we had that interview uh, earlier with Phil. Uh, we, we have to hold on firmly to the gospel that we have received. Uh, we have to hold on to it firmly in the strength uh, that Jesus gives us, the strength that God uh, supplies for us. If we're to be saved, if we're to enjoy the wonderful promise uh, that Easter uh, has for us, we have to keep trusting in him. <laughs> Uh, That's true for us as individuals, of course. There are lots of uh, people, sadly, who once were running well, and sadly are not anymore, I'm sure. We need to keep running well and keep going. I had a wonderful Easter card for my grandmother uh, this week, and she is 90 in a couple of months' time. Uh, She's been a Christian for about, I don't know, 80 years, I think, and she is still going strong and looking forward to being the Lord Jesus. And I thought, golly, I hope I'm like that if I reach the grand old age of 90. We have to keep running strong. But it's true for us as a church as well, isn't it? And this is where I kind of want to leave you, if I can have Curate's final words, as it were, that I do pray for you that you will hold firmly to the word that was preached to you. The word that I preached to you, the word that countless of my my predecessors have preached to you, the word that my successors, I trust, will preach to you. Because actually that's where the hope for any church lies. It's if we hold on to the word that was preached to us. We hold on to the wonderful truth that Jesus did die for our sins, he rose again, He is alive. Uh, His power is enough to deal with our past, but it deals with the present as well, and it assures us of a wonderful future as well. Christianity, friends, is Easter faith. If it wasn't for the resurrection, we wouldn't be gathered here, because there'd be no point. It would be all in vain. It's an Easter faith. Uh, Easter shows us the love of God in having a plan for our broken world, to sort out our biggest problem, the fact that we turned our back on him, the fact we'd rejected him, the fact that we want to wear the crown in our lives. It provides hope for the present, doesn't it? It gives us strength to live uh, for him and it gives us a wonderful hope for the future that we will be like him uh, when we see him as he is. By this gospel, friends, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word that was preached to you. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we do thank you for uh, the good news that we have received. And we do thank you that it does accomplish all that you promised that it will do. Thank you that it is hope for our past. It sorts out the mess that we've made of our lives. Uh, The way that we have turned against you, the way we have tried to wear the crown that only belongs to you. Thank you that it's hope for the present. That because you are alive, you are with us by your spirit, changing us into your likeness. 
And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that the resurrection is the first fruits of what is to come. We thank you that one day we will all be raised and transformed in a twinkling of of the eye to be uh, like you, uh, to be with you, to worship with all your people face to face with you. And we long for that day. And we pray for ourselves as Christians. We pray for our church family that we would hold firmly to the faith that we have received. And not only hold firmly to it, but hold it out to those who don't yet know it. And we ask this uh, for his glory's sake. Amen.